Let's pray. So, Father, we thank you um, for your, your goodness. We thank you for the friendship and fellowship we have that goes beyond just sitting here for an hour and a half in a, in a, in a building. We thank you for the fellowship that you have, you're, you're, you have given to us and that we are growing into. As you intended your body be a body, not just a bunch of people who attend a meeting with their own agendas, but we come together for your purposes that are bigger than ourselves. And um, we just thank you. And Father, I pray you you just cement in us um, just the call of God, the purpose of God for the body of Christ in this hour, that we might be, be, be uh, laser-focused on the purposes, your purposes and your plans, um, and that you might fill your church with your spirit and, um, uh, and your word, that we might walk accordingly to your, to your plan, to be the light and salt you called us, to be, called us to be in this time. And we'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Well, so, um, you'll need your Bible in a minute. Um, and as I said, how what a great time yesterday was. Um, but how many knows that not everything you do seems to be for successful for Christ? You know, you know. And you have those days, those times, those people in your life you, you really you care about, and it's like just not working, you know. Um, uh, you, you tend to think, and maybe I, maybe today I'm preaching to myself, so you can just listen in. But um, sometimes you feel like it, you're kind of a failure; things are hopeless. You get discouraged, right? Um, and that's usually because we're we're looking at what we can see right now. We can't, there's so much that we can't see. Isn't that true? Think about um, this, and this is a story I don't know many of you are familiar with, but just for the sake of illustration, um, and thinking about, uh, you know, uh, children's church. We usually have, maybe have a couple, a few kids there, maybe. And, and the idea can be to diminish the significance of that. Right, just a few kids, um, and you're familiar. A lot of you probably familiar with Edward Kimball. How many have ever heard of him, Edward Kimball? He was a Sunday school teacher. Some uh, kind of teen kids, and and my understanding that his class had about I don't know about somewhere around seven girls and one boy. The boy was kind of not real attentive, and he was you know. But he worked at a shoe store, and Edward Kimball was determined. He cared about him, wanted to make sure he knew Christ, and he went to the shoe store, talked, got to be able to sit down, shared Christ with him, and he gave his life to Jesus. His name was Dwight Moody. Right? It's just that one kid, that one kid in this little class. So let's not, I just think of Zechariah, don't despise the day of small things. And I've got to speak to my own heart and mind sometimes. Don't despise the day. Don't despise this morning because there's small things looking here. Right? The same thing in your life. Don't allow yourself to, I, Tim White, do not <laughs> allow yourself to go down that road. But it didn't just, you know, D.L. Moody, of course, he, he preached to thousands, especially after he um, it has his own 
being filled with the Holy Spirit moment where everything changed for him as well. We could talk about that another time. But, but you've heard that saying, it's not new. Uh, you know, you can count the number of seeds in an apple, right? But only God can count the number of apples in a seed. And if we consider your life as a seed, only God can count what influence can, is coming from your life. Because so much of it's going to happen when you're gone. And that means that we need to be faithful and not allow ourselves to get discouraged. Because what happened, and Dwight L. Moody, of course, he, two continents, thousands, probably maybe millions of people over his ministry were significantly input. And they still are. You can read his sermons and, and that. Um, but um, he, uh, at one of his campaigns, um, a guy named Wilbur Chapman uh, found Christ, and he became a, an evangelist, preached to thousands of, of people, had a, actually a, an evangelistic team. And one day, a professional baseball player uh, had a day off and went to one of uh, William, Wilbur Chapman's uh, evangelistic meetings, and he gave his life to Christ. His name, the baseball player's name was Billy Sunday. How, how many have heard of him? Yeah, you, you you look up. Go. I don't know if you've ever seen the videos. You know, he's he was the, he was very demonstrative. You know, and he's you know, and uh, you can you can catch some videos of him uh, still out there. But and of course he um, at, uh, Wilbur Chapman became a pastor of a, of a church, and then uh, Billy Sunday started his own evangelistic um, organization and began preaching all over the place. Um, and then of course. Um, there was a young man who got converted under, under, Wilbur, under Billy Sunday, and his name was Mordecai Ham. And he was, a, he was more of a scholar, intellectual, but he would have... To advertise his, his meetings, he would drive a hearse through the town advertising his... Probably like, you know, the wages of sin is death, so follow me to life. I don't know what he would say. That's an idea, actually. We could... <laughs> We could think about that, you know. They have, you, know, you never mind. Um, so Mordecai Ham, um, and he went to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, was preaching, and a, 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 a young, lanky teenage uh, boy named, uh, went by the name of Billy Frank. Um, he, he said, I'm not going to those meetings, no way. And then some of his friends, um, uh, well, what was happening was, um, I think, yeah, I think um, Mordecai was, was railing against, yeah, that across the street from the schoolhouse was a house of ill repute and, and saying some of the, the, the boys were, were skipping school and going over to this nasty house across the street. He was trying to expose that. Well, some of the students decided they're going to go and interrupt Mordecai Ham's meetings. You know, they're going to come and cause some trouble. So Billy Frank thought, well, let's go see. I'd like to see what happens there. So he gets there. The problem is he was intrigued by the message he heard, and he came back the second night, and I believe the second night he gave his life to Christ. And, of course, you know, that was Billy Graham. And and some estimates put his the people he's touched, maybe two over 2 billion people, um, but it all started in this, this nondescript little Sunday school with these nondescript kids that, and, you know, but somebody gave them time. So what, what, what could come out of this little tiny church in Deer Park 
for people. We just love the kids that God gives us. We just love the, how about the young adults that God, it might be two. I don't care. They're here. How about, how about some of you in where you're at right now? You know what? Your life is not over. Not by a long shot. And as we put our lives in the hands of God, only he knows the abundance that he could bring. I mean, he, he fed 5,000 men plus women and children from five loaves of bread and two fish. What can he do with one or two lives? It doesn't even matter. I mean, there's, I don't know if you, there's a guy, um, what was his name? Oh, his name on the tip of my uh, tongue. I'll think about it in a minute. He was uh, 80 years old, went in the missionary, mission fields at 80. First time. And had an incredible ministry. Um, uh, and so, this scripture, look at 1 Corinthians, you see it right there. 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, take this from our, our, our study that we've been doing um, uh, the last, from the last hour of the book. Going over scriptures about the rapture and these things. And this does kind of address that in verse 54. You've got your Bibles. There's, um, make sure there's a Bible <clears throat> in each row as well. And just, just for record, and if you know people, bring people. Those Bibles that are under the seats, we have more. We, if, and if you want them, take it. Or if, if you don't need one, but you know somebody who might need then take it with you. And and there's little I think there's a little label inside all of them that says that this is for, if you take it if you need it and and we've got some more well we'll buy some more the whole purpose of that is so people could have that but let's look at verse 54 and and Paul is talking about this time where um where we're, we're snatched away you know and he's and we 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 exchange our mortal body for our immortal body and and he says when the perishable that means this body has been clothed with imperishable, a new body, with, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Aren't you glad that death loses? Yeah. Right? For those in Christ, death has lost. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Ha, ha. God won. Right? And... Uh, and talk the death of of the sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Excuse me. Forgive me. I got to put a, a cough drop in my mouth. So I'm sorry about that. But it's either that or me cough the whole time. <coughs> but this is the verse, fifty-eight. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. That's the first phrase. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always. How much? How many times? Always. Always give yourselves half-heartedly to the work of the Lord. I mean, sorry. The word is there what? Always. Enthusiastically. Is that what you got? Okay. Fully. Anybody else got a different word? Fully. That's, that's huh? Abounding. Abounding. Always abounding, I like those words, to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And it couldn't be. If your work is in the Lord, you're doing what you can to to serve Him and the way He's given you the opportunity to do so, it it cannot and never will be in vain because it's His work and He has a purpose for it. Amen? 
Um, and, and like I said, this whole idea that you can't count the number of you can count the number of seeds in an apple, but not the number of apples in a seed. And you are that seed. Yeah, is that right? I'll tell you a story about back in 2018. I was able to uh, had an interesting. I didn't know if it really hit me until I was looking at this message. In 2018, I in the fall, I went for for about two weeks almost to New England for a revival heritage tour that some of you know Larry Lane and and we traveled started in Boston at the North Church there and then we went uh, across all around New England and and northern uh, upstate New York down to New Jersey and, and ended up at Brooklyn Tabernacle visiting places of revival including places where Deal Moody was and um, and after that. I ended up in Malaysia and China. I just I I left uh, on that Sunday. I left Brooklyn Tabernacle, rushed over to find a subway and figure out my how to get over to New Jersey to hop on a flight to fly to San Francisco. Met the team to fly from there. We flew to Malaysia uh, for a that was about I don't know four twelve days. What I don't remember how long that was, but I was gone twenty two days or something like that, and. Um, I went to Malaysia and China. Interesting thing, kind of, we'll talk about this, but but the revival, the stuff I'm going to tell you about in New England, birthed missions to the very places I was going right afterwards. I just, that was interesting. But, so that was a real blessing to do that. But, um, and let me just say this, before we go any farther, you don't have to be sent around the world for God to use you. You don't have to be behind a pulpit or have a title as missionary so-and-so. Amen? Uh, that's, these are just examples of, of people. Um, what's called the Haystack Revival. In 1806, revival and awakening had been sweeping across America. God was doing all kinds of things. Prayer, prayer meetings were happening. And one summer, there's these five young men, college-age men, Young men out there praying, Samuel Mills, James Richards, uh, Francis Robbins, Harvey Loomis, and Byram Green. They'd been reading um, this, um, uh, the, the book you see there, a uh, booklet called An Inquiry into the Obligation of Christians to Use Means for the Conversion of the Heathen. That clearly is 18th and 1800 kind of verbiage, but... And that it was stirred, they were stirred by this and uh, discussed the missions, especially the need in China. Um, and they were, they were so focused on their conversation, they didn't notice the storm clouds approaching. And all of a sudden, thunder, thunder just ripped across the sky and the downpour. And the closest thing they could find was a haystack. And so the five of them went inside this haystack and... Um, and continue to talk and then pray. And then Samuel Mills says, we must go to Asia, China. He said, and they all agreed, except Harvey Loomis. He said, no, they've got to be civilized first. It's American thinking. Um, so under that haystack, they prayed, prayed some more, sang some hymns. And then they all came around and said, no, I think we can do this. In fact, we can do this. Uh, Samuel Mills said, we can do this if we will. And they all agreed, all five, yes. And they, out of those five, there were three missionary societies that created 
including the American Bible Society. Adoniram Judson, um, uh, he was one, among the first five men to go to China because of this, this effort. And yes, that's Larry and me. No bow-legged me. Anyways, but this, this is the, the, the spot where the Haystack Revival, that Haystack was, the way they believe it was. And Larry is waxing eloquently with our, the rest of our team, about a dozen others that we were on this tour. I was the, uh, I was the chauffeur. I got to drive the, the van and I, anyways. But um, the thing is, they started missionary, mission societies were formed in the colleges, United States colleges. Mission societies on college campuses. Did you hear what I said? What are on college campuses now? Right? Anyways, and so they preached in many different colleges and challenged them to go into all the world. And uh, several thousand went in the mission field because of what started in that haystack revival, underneath that haystack. Um, before the missionaries were numbered in the hundreds, and now they were numbered in the thousands. Um, and I think it's significant to note that those five young men were not concerned about what the church could do for them, were they? It's about, God, what can I do for you? And what a difference. Um, and the, the impact of their lives continues, I think, even today. Now, some years later, I don't know how long, but uh, some, later, uh, some ladies with one gold coin bought that spot of ground right, right where we're standing. And erected that monument in, in memory of the Haystack Revival and put a marker up. So that was kind of neat. But then there was 70 years later, this is 80s, but initially, first 70 years later, a young man, Luther Wizard, w- Wishard, um, he was, at, that's an older picture of him, but he was a student at Princeton. Um, he had been inspired by the, these, uh, these five. Again, this is 70 years later I'm talking right now. He's a young man. And so those five are gone. But this whole thing is, is really stirring him. And, and he became, Luther uh, became the first full-time staff member of the Young Men's Christian Association. You remember what that is? The YMCA. He had been a missionary candidate, but the YMC asked him to stay and to serve as a secretary to their association. His job was to direct the YMCA's work with students on college campuses. And so that was, that was um, I believe, 1877, uh, so about 70 years after, the, after that. The next year was the first time he heard about the Haysack Revival. He heard about Samuel Mills and, and the college societies that they started, including the American Bible Society. And just an American, the American missionary movement that, was, that was, had really been gaining steam. And so, so he goes to William, Williams College, which is where we were, where that, uh, that, that mom, monument is. And he was inspired by the, the, the Haystack prayer movement, and he kneeled in front of that very monument that I showed you there and surrendered his, himself to, the, to complete the task that Samuel Mills and the others had begun. And this was his prayer. And I, I just, maybe this should be a prayer for us. He says, Lord, do it again. Where water once flowed, 
let it flow again. He said, I'm willing to go anywhere at any time to do anything for Jesus. Eighty years. By this time, 80 years after the Haystack prayer movement was started, he revived that vision. And he continued to pray uh, for the missionary awakening among college campuses. Finally, in 1886, that's where the 80 years comes from. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, he, <coughs> pardon me. He, along with uh, Robert Wilder and John uh, Mott, they uh, convinced Dale Moody, going back to Moody, right? Uh, to help sponsor a summer Bible conference. And Moody didn't think, well, I don't know if young people would give a month of the summer to come here, you know. Well, uh, I think it... Um, I, let me there. So I got my slides out of order. But there, that 251 young men uh, showed up for this thing. Um, and they, they were there from July 7th to August 1st representing 89 colleges and universities from the East Coast. And at the end of the conference, a hundred of them had, had made commitments, uh, signed a missionary declaration. And, and this, is the, uh, this is the declaration. It, it is my purpose, if God permit, to become a foreign missionary. I want to just stop here. You don't have to go to the foreign mission field now. America is probably the largest, and I believe it's the most significant mission field today as far as impacting the world. And uh, so I'd say, get back here. Your, your, your nation needs you, right? But anyways, back in then, it was a whole different picture when our, when our college campuses are starting missionary societies. That's a different, different kind of thing. But in the next year, 2,100 men, 2,100 men and women volunteered for missionary service. It just was like God was moving. In 1888, it was organized, as you can see, I don't know if you can't really read this, this is a plaque here, but the Student Volunteer Movement, um, and that uh, for foreign missions. This was what the YMCA, YWSA, YWCA, I mean, they, it was uh, through the SVM, the Student Volunteer Movement, was all about motivating college-age students for missions, and was birthed from the initially that haystack revival, as they call it. Um, and the declaration, as, I, as I, I've, I've already shared with you their, their declaration there. Um, but, so here's, what, here's the force of that in 40 years. In 1890, there were 934 Protestant missionaries. Uh, 10 years later, there were 5,000. 15 years later, there were 9,000. By the end of the 1920s, there were 14,000 missionaries sent. It's believed that, um, um, well, let me get ahead of myself. So anyway, go back to Luther Wishard and his wife. Then they, they started going overseas to universities and other nations to help them. They spent almost four years, 45 months, traveling places like China, Japan, Malaysia, India, Arabia, Persia, Turkey, many more, for almost four years. Interviewed thousands of people for missions. And... Uh, And the, the, the important thing that they did that was they didn't try to make American YMCAs in other countries. This is the problem that, that, that really hindered many missionaries that go out of America to go to other cultures and try to make them American culture. Now, just bring Jesus, and Jesus will bring that beauty out of their culture. 
That's what he did to the Native, Native Americans. So many of the missionaries in America tried to make the uh, Indians wear suits and ties, and the you know, and and every element of 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 their identity had to be squashed. And uh, I that that's too bad because there's a lot of wonderful things about the 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 culture that's not evil uh, that would be uh, part of what we would call the American Indians. Um, and so, anyway, but they, they chose not to try to, to make them into American YMCA groups. But it's believed that, that, that it just even Luther Wishard himself, having been stirred by the Haystack Revival of just five young college-age students underneath a stack of hay in a rain thunderstorm, probably 20,000 missionaries were sent to the mission field because he was stirred by them and just obeyed God. You can count the number of seeds in an apple. You cannot, you cannot count. Only God can count the number of apples in a seed. In fact, it's even estimated, really, that um, uh, there's that, that uh, these five men's commitment uh, onto that haystack was instrumental in probably sending about 100,000 students into missions. So don't underestimate what God can do, and don't worry about it having, having to happen even in your lifetime. China, of course, was a major focus of that. And that's what I found so compelling. We're going to talk about, about China in a minute here, but um, of how God just or- organized... Um, I'm a little late to the game realizing how significant it was that we were in the very place where the call to missions and students went, and I ended up then going to the very places where God uh, sent them. And um, it's pretty awesome. But um, the problem was in the latter 1920s, remember in the latter 1920s, uh, about 14,000, there were about 14,000 missionaries going out. But but also, the colleges and universities began to get more liberal. More unbelieving students were there. And um, by the mid-1930s, it lost momentum. And the, the whole, that whole movement on college campuses uh, faded out. We can see the, the effect of that today, can't we? But um, um, excuse me. But God always has a witness for him, for him in the world, doesn't he? You will always have a remnant. So in 1901, on January 1st, there's something very significant happened. In um, um, Topeka, Kansas, at the Bethel Bible School, the morning of the first day of the 20th century, Agnes Osmond and fellow students had been praying for the Holy Spirit to be poured out upon them. And she got, got her other students together, the other fellow students said, I think, Bible says, lay, lay hands, I need you, to, you, I want you to lay hands on me and pray for me that I'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because they'd been studying the book of Acts and they determined that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was for today and, and that, that there was, tongues would be a, an evidence of that and, and other things. And so, and sure enough, they prayed for her, and sure enough, she starts speaking in tongues. And she filled the Holy Spirit powerfully. And, um, and we know, I won't go through the whole history, but in 1906, there's another great story about 
William uh, Seymour, the one-eyed black preacher, um, God's humble man of, man, of, humble man of God that God used, um, an outpouring of Azusa Street that, that went around the world. Many other things were happening, but the numerous Pentecostal denominations were uh, fellowships were, were birthed. The Assemblies of God, for for most of our existence, didn't want to be called a, a denomination, but a fellowship of believers um, and um, and others as well. Um, in fact, one of the top five reasons why the 300 or more preachers gathered in Hot Springs, Arkansas, to form the Assemblies of God, one of, of the five was for the greatest missions effort the world has ever seen. Missions again. And uh, by far, the Assemblies of God uh, and Mother's great mission work as well. But honestly, the Assemblies of God, we have, we have in America, I think, Ah, boy, I don't know if it's 2 million. I don't remember. Don't quote me. It's somewhere in that figure of people in the Assemblies of God. You know what we have around the world? It's like about 65 million. It's really, it's, it's, it's almost 1% of the world's population. And then if you go to the, to the believer's around the world who identify themselves, who haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, or charismatic, Pentecostal, you're, you're in about the 600 million people. You're almost, you're 8 to 10% of the world's population. I'm not talking about Christianity. I'm talking about that God has been moving powerfully. And in one century, you go from one person on January 1st, 1901, God has moved powerfully. And... Um, Anyway, so I just that that context that the moving of the Holy Spirit of um, in in a uh, book of Acts type of fashion that birthed so many things. Well, let's get to China. In 1908, um, Victor Plymeyer, he was had been pastoring several churches in in Pennsylvania. I've told this story some years ago, but. Um, and he felt a call to go to missions, to go to China. This is 1908. So this is about, just about 100 years after the Haystack Revival, but really only not more than a couple, a, a decade, maybe a decade or so after Luther Wishart had finished, finished his work. Victor Plymeyer uh, feels a call to go. He's with the Christian Missionary Alliance to go to China. He heads over there with his wife, and um, although they had, like most missionaries, they'll come back to the states for a little bit and go out, you know. But sixteen years, not a single convert, not a single convert. In fact, he went to. There's this one very expansive monastery. You you think it's a small town with walled city with walls. The monastery, just incredible. I mean, the temple here and this and there. and You climb up these stairs and all, there's all this, you know, the typical Chinese architecture. And it's just, it's huge. A Buddha over here, a Buddha over there, here a Buddha. No. Uh, um, and uh, these, uh, what do you call them? These stupas. You see them. They're a, there's like a row of them. They they look like giant insulators that you would put on a wires, you know. Uh, but they they hold things inside, and and you'll see people 
We saw this one lady. She was um, do this this thing. But you, you go down. You you get down. You start at one end of the plaza, and you get down on your knees, and then you fall on your face, and you, you kind of like forgive me, and you get up, and you take a step, and then you down, down. It's this, you know, you're, you're, it's all about earning some favor with these gods that you're not sure what they think about you. Um, he went to this, this, this place, and the monks, it says, uh, they picked him up and threw him over the wall. You know, that's, that's the kind of like, you know, so glad to see you here. And, um, and he, uh, uh, he also then went in, into Tibet uh, for a while, and that's not very far from Tibet. In fact, the, the monks in that area don't have the orange. They have the maroon burgundy uh, uh, robes. And so you, you can tell the Tibetan monks are, are, are that, and the other ones are, are the more orangey yellow. Anyway, so the 1922, he comes back. You know, he didn't have a whole lot of victories to shout about what God's doing. Not only did he not have any converts, he got tossed out by the the people he was reaching. They they told him to get get lost, don't ever come back. But as he's back in the U.S. in 1922, he attends uh, some Pentecostal services and he gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh, he left the Christian Missionary Alliance to join the Assemblies of God. Now I want to just, in defense of the CMA, they do believe in the gifts of the Spirit like we do. They just don't quite believe that that the 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 practice of tongues the of tongues as much and um, but so but he made that choice to do that and he returns to China the next year and his first convert nineteen twenty four his first convert all right so he has one convert all right he's now he's been there for um, um, what, 18 years? Anyways, so now his only son and his wife die of an illness. And he's alone in China, grief-stricken. He says, why am I alone, God? Did I disobey you? I mean, and he heads, he goes to Tibet there and, and, and to India for a while, then he comes back, returns to the house where his wife died and you know, it's just not a real success story, you know. We're not, uh, we're not going to make a movie out of this. This is how you do missions, at least not in our in our American um, way of thinking of things. <clears throat> but he comes back. He he nurtures the the small church that begins to grow there. Excuse me. <coughs> and uh, he remarries. Has two children. Eventually, with age and his health deteriorates, he has to return to the U.S. and doesn't go back. Now, this would be a story like, well, what a failure. Well, one of his sons, Dave, David, goes back. And something had changed. They welcomed him. They honored the sacrifice they recognized the sacrifice that his father had made and they had i mean they had come rushing to jesus but but that spoke volumes and then david on top of that he went in the town and we got we got a, we went through the hospital he 
he secured medical devices and machines for the hospital. He started bringing those kind of things in to help the people. In fact, in that hospital, and understand, it's communist rule. Let me tell you one thing about that, that town. No tourists go to that town. You're not allowed. Unless you're a friend of Dave. And it, seriously, we are assemblies of God, so we were friends of Dave. And the communist leaders let us come into that town. They took us on a tour of that town. They took us on a tour of the hospital. And we went into a room, probably um, if, if the kitchen was square, <laughs> which it's not, but if it was, uh, that's about how big the room was. And the room was dedicated to the Plymeyers. And it pictures of what Victor, uh, of he and his family and, and, and things that they had done. And uh, it was like a memorial in this communist country to a Christian missionary, Victor Plymeyer, and then what his son, what his son did afterwards. And they treated us to the most lavish lunch you've ever been. You, you, you know what a lazy Susan is. If you've ever been to a foreign country like China, then you, they, these, they put our lazy Susans to, to shame. They're, they're as big as, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't put my arms wide enough. This one, we sat, there must have been 25 of us around this table. It was big enough for that. And this whole automated table thing came and you had your plate and when it came by you grabbed some and and it kept going and and that's how they fed you and they brought so much food out they gave us gifts in my office i have um a sand uh thing that a picture they gave us gave us uh it's colored sand it's sand that is that color it's phenomenal they gave us that and they also gave us a book of uh, the history of the area in chinese and in english and it's all about the plymires And we got to go to the grave where his, his wife and, and son were. Nobody goes there. Don't tell me he's not having an impact. Just think about that one moment. Five college-age kids, young, young guys, so much they could do with their life for themselves. But they gave their hearts to Jesus and they let him write their ticket, write their script. He says, we'll do whatever you want. And then God put the burden in their case for China. And just those five, they were, I'm sure they were not influential. They didn't have a lot of money. They didn't have those things, but they gave their life to Jesus and look what God did through them. Um. One guy writing about them said this. He says, They were ordinary young men, college students. Life forced them to search out their life purpose, maybe before it was too late, before the world had a chance to steal away their passion and talents to other great endeavors, before the, before the roots of careers and comfort grew too deeply into the American dream. These five had no idea. Listen to this. Uh, they had no idea that all of history was watching that day and what weight of responsibility lay on them. 
that God uses moments like this not to test our hearts, but to reveal them. He is revealing to us what holds our true loyalty. What is history watching us for? What kind of faithfulness are they hoping you and I are going to hold to? Whatever is before us, let's just be faithful. Amen? And um, uh, I think the preacher, I think the, Neil McClendon, I think the guy who, 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 who said what I just quoted, uh, this is Victor, here's Victor, by the way, this is Victor here. Um, in his, this is a very cold area, and this is his son David. Here's these stupas. These are called stupas. Um, little, and they're much bigger than they look. They're huge. Uh, the top of that's taller than you. In fact, it's, yeah. So this is David, and, uh, um, yeah, Huang Wan, yeah, China. So, um, but Neil McClendon said, life's interruptions are God's invitations. These five, you know, and uh, countless other stories we could probably um, can't recount, is that God interrupted their plans because he had better plans. We might think it's an interruption, but God is an invitation to you and I. Whatever, whatever it was, they, they had felt uh, God moving on their hearts and, and they responded to that. That only God knows how many apples of changed lives um, were in the seed of the life of these of these young men, and within you, within each of us. That um, only God knows, only God knows, and that's why He just we we are to be faithful to Him. Amen. Just 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 don't let yourself get so discouraged. Just run away. Um, or give up, or think that nothing's working. God, if your work is in the Lord, what's, that, what's the scripture say? Therefore, my dear brother, stand firm, right? Can we, uh, sisters, right? This is a generic term, right? We understand that, right? I've, why do I have to explain that? But stand firm, let nothing move you. What does God give you to do? Don't let anything move you from what God is giving you to do. Amen? He might help give you some suggestions, maybe do it this way or add things, but let nothing move you from the work that God has called you to do. And always give yourselves fully. What word do you have in your, uh, Michelle? It was, uh, abounding. abounding. Yeah, abounding in the work of the, lo- work of the Lord. And yours, Mary? Enthusiastic. Enthusiastically. Why? 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 Fully. And I'm, again, I'm talking to me as much as anybody else. Uh, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That history, the, I should say, the future history, if, if, how do you put it, is, 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 is hoping and praying that we are faithful with what God has given to us right here. That we will touch the people faithfully for God that he has given to us. If it's just one person here, one child here, just be faithful because God, that's the work of God. It will never be in vain. Amen? And we know that this, Isaiah 55, and just close with this, 55, 10, 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and that's coming, right? And, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word 
that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purposes for which I sent it. Because it's his word and it's his work. We be, we be in his word and be about his work. He'll take care of the rest. Amen? And um, that we would have that assurance so that we can fully, abundantly, aboundingly, encouragingly, enthusiastically give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Amen? And um, so let's stand. Um, how many would say that th- th- there's things that you you would be tempted to kind of be discouraged and think like, I'm trying, but God, it's not, not things aren't going like I, I'd like. And we have those moments, don't we, right? And I just, I just want maybe this infusion with with some hope for all of us. Um, even on this very low, after having such a high yesterday, and having just just a, just all of you wonderful people here, uh, we are about the the work of the Lord, Amen. And nothing we do will be in vain if it's His work. All right. And uh, so um, uh, let's just. I just want to just. Pray over you. Once you lift your hands, if you, if you would like to, and I just um, maybe just can you just maybe in your own, to your to the Lord yourself. Just say, Lord, let the seed of the rest of my life be sown deeply in the soil of Your will and Your work. You just say, Lord, I, I want the seed of the rest of my. I want to give the rest of my life. It's uh, a seed for Your purposes. To sow it in Your will. To sow it in the soil of Your work. I just thank you, Lord. I just, I God, right now in the name of Jesus, I just, I pray that you give us spirit of faith and, um, and uh, it, to just stand upon your word in these times, Lord. We, we, there are some of us have children that we're concerned for, and 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 it's some has been a long, long journey, Lord Jesus. We don't, we don't feel like there's much, much is going on. We think of some family members, and like in my case, Lord, we get discouraged, like. Lord, but, but you said nothing, no work of yours is in vain. You said your word, when it goes forth, is going to come back having accomplished the purpose for which you sent it. And so, Father, as we, we say, Lord, you take, make our life that uh, would be the, uh, like a seed in, in your soil for your purposes, God. We, we, we trust you, God, to do and be doing it. Uh, the work that that we cannot see and we cannot do, but you said you would. You said if 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 you call us to, to lift up the lost you, that means you're going to hear us, Lord, and you're going to work on, on on our behalf as we lift up the the names of our of our lost loved ones, Lord. As we lift up uh, our our leaders around uh, this nation, uh, around our state, and in a local level, be it school board or city city councils. Lord, you are hearing our, our prayers. You said for us to lift them up to you, Lord God, and you, for a reason, so that you would then be, be moved by our prayers and would then do a work that only you can do, Lord Jesus. Father, in the name of, I just want to just tell discouragement, you've got to find another house. You've got to go live somewhere else because we are in the work of the Lord and we will not be discouraged. Or, or when we are, we're going to say, get out of here. Because there's, there's nothing that we do in the Lord that's in vain. And we just thank you, Jesus. 
And Father, I, I pray you would demonstrate your power in, in the lives and families this week. Can I just, can I do that? Can I ask you, Lord, that in this week, we're going to see some victories in some families right here. Lord, just f- for the, the glory to your great name, and, and just the encouragement of your people and the proof that you are God. Not, not, not that you had to prove anything to anybody. Because you're God. You don't have to prove anything. You just are. But I, God, I pray that you demonstrate your presence in these people's lives. Working in, in, in our brother and brother, sister's families and situations. But I want, for the sake of, of you getting glory through through this body right here would you demonstrate that you're with us i pray that next sunday by next time we come together there's going to be testimonies of what you've done how you did it and 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 the hope and the encouragement that comes from that and we're just going to thank you and we praise you lord jesus and so father i i, I you've heard our prayers i pray father god you would help us to just uh, walk in a, just a, a fresh wind of encouragement in you um, from this place. You'd be glorified. You'd be honored. Your church would be revived. And this nation would be transformed for the glory of God. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Hold on to that. Amen. Don't be discouraged. All right.